Welcome to Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart. In this podcast, I chat to athletes, coaches, and industry professionals about their sporting journey and the lessons they've learned along the way. Guests range from Olympians to the everyday lover of sport, but the message stays the same. There is so much more to sport than what meets the eye. Make sure you hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow on Spotify so you don't miss the release of each new episode. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart. I'd love to hear from you. So today we've got a special guest co-host. Hello, Todd. Thank you for joining us. All right, guys. So yeah, something different. We've got Fee in the hot seat. One year since you started the podcast, 20, 25th of uh, September 2020. So year's gone really quick, hey? Yeah, it's been pretty quick. Yeah, so... I'll be taking the reins a little bit and just asking you a few questions about, you know, how your podcast has been and where you're at and and how's it, you know, what's been your experience. So for those of you who don't know, what sport did you do, Fee, and and what was the impact that that had on you? Yeah, so I was a swimmer. I was a competitive swimmer and I guess I went through a few different phases within swimming. So a few different roles and perspectives. I was a coach, I was a swimmer myself, I was a swim teacher, Mm -hmm. and I was also on like the committee of a few swim clubs. So that athlete, coach, administrator role, and then I guess also studying sport at uni. Mm -hmm. And the impact it had on me. So I guess sport really taught me that it can be so much more than just physical activity it really showed that you can have a safe place to grow and develop as a person and I guess yeah that's the big underlying impact that all of those roles taught me yeah awesome and can you just tell me a little bit more about your swimming generally so you started you know how old were you how long did you swim for oh so I grew up I guess like most Australians mm-hmm. doing learn to swim yeah. probably started a little bit late in mm-hmm. terms of uh, like the average age and I guess that came from mum and dad being Irish and them not knowing until I hit the school system the importance of lessons because it wasn't as big mm. over there than it is in Australia I graduated a learn to swim program a bit late too I was think I was like 13 or 14 yep. so yeah, I was competitive swimming from then until, I guess, my last competition. I was 21. Mm. Was I 21? I think I made a, a little bit of a comeback when I was 21. So, you know, I did it competitively for how many years is that? Almost 10? 10, 11 years, yeah. Yeah. So was that something you found, um, you know, starting a little bit late, coming into the sport a little bit later than general or what norm- people normally would? Did you find, like, you were always kind of trying to catch up or a little bit behind in that sense or you it was never really an issue I think when I was in my teenage years I was playing catch up like there was girls that had been mm. competing since they were eight mm. and I had literally just like entered the sport so obviously there was a lot of catch up there mm. but then once I got to my late teen years I kind of found that those girls that were beating me and that you know had started at a really young age they'd kind of dropped out of the sport and so maybe starting late was a little bit of a protective factor. Mm, mm. It's kind of like maybe so those girls had started swimming at about three or four and been to the Olympics when they were 12. <laughs> so 
second Olympics when they were 16 and then they'd retired? Yeah, kind of thing. yeah, yeah. Okay. They'd, yeah, yep. kind of plateaued out and they yep. weren't really swimming as much anymore. It always amazes me how young those Olympians can be, especially on the female <laughs> side. So, all right, that's enough about, you know, your background and talking about your swimming itself. So, you know, just generally about the podcast, what made you or what motivated you to start the podcast? Yeah, so it actually came from, and I think you'd probably remember about a year ago, I was a guest mm. on a podcast. Yeah, so, yep. Uh, Katrina, who is the host of the Aquatic Mentors podcast, she had me on as a guest and it really kind of made me stop and reflect back on my journey in swimming particularly or the aquatic industry mm. and sport and why I got into it more than just, I guess, being a competitor, why I wanted to work in it and what it meant to me. And that was to facilitate the growth and development of others. Mm. And so I was kind of like, oh, okay, that's why I'm doing this in sport in general. Um, but we're in a lockdown and we'd been in the lockdown for the best part of like six to seven months yep. at that point. I was struggling with the fact that my day job mm -hmm. wasn't going ahead and I hadn't really done that for so long. And I just thought, okay, well, I'm going to start a podcast and share how important sport can be for people and you know share that message far and wide yeah and and so it's quite obvious that this has always been you know somewhat of a motivation for you right like yeah. even before so would you say that going on a podcast yourself having that experience maybe just was the final straw to make you flip a switch and want to jump into it because it's always you know when that happened you the next week you'd pretty much put your first episode out so yeah it yeah. all happened really quick and it was obviously something in the works or something you wanted to do and been passionate about for a long time yeah yeah I think the core message was there and I'd mm. been doing it in other ways like I'd been a swim coach I'd been on committees my day job was running a learn to swim program mm. so I was doing it it was just that it really opened my eyes what a podcast was yeah. to start off with and you know ha how I could share that message in a different way whilst we were in a lockdown yeah for sure yeah, yeah. so I mean a year later how many episodes have you done oh we're over 50 now just over 50 so wow. it's been pretty much yeah like one episode per week for the last year I know there's been bonus mm. episodes and stuff but it's yeah averaging one a week yeah yeah you've been super consistent with it and that's been one thing that been very admirable so of the 50 odd episodes have you was there anyone that particularly you know stood out for you do you have a favorite episode i'm, I'm sure you're going to say you liked them all but um yeah any, any that have really stood out in your eyes look i wouldn't say i've got a favorite episode but i've got ones that are certainly special mm -hmm. to me uh one of them being the one with nige nine and i know we split that up into two parts but he was my high school sport teacher and, you know, being able to interview someone who played such a core role in my own sport journey was pretty special. Yeah, like I think that one is pretty close close to my heart. Um, I really enjoyed recording with a few of the athletes. I guess like some that stand out was Isis Holt, uh, Sarah Carley, Sarah Blackmore. Hearing their journeys and knowing that our messages aligned so strongly was pretty special um even the fact that like those guys were kind of strangers to me as well so like recording that podcast was the first time we'd kind of spoken so mm. yeah that, those episodes are pretty special and then it was also a privilege to be able to interview people like Janice Crosswhite and Carol Cook who 
have been kind of heroes in my books in terms of sport. I know in the episode with Carol, you hear about like how she developed the mega swim and, and how that was such a huge role. I don't know if you remember, Todd, like back in 2012, mm. how obsessed I was with that event and the years that followed and being able to interview someone who had such an impact on my life was pretty special. And then Janice Crosswhite, the work she's done in women's participation in sport is phenomenal. And yeah, I just couldn't believe I got to speak to her as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those those last two definitely, and all the guests, I guess, in general, really resonate that message that you know, getting participation and involvement um, as a priority, which is which is really great. Um, and you know, just touching back on on when you're talking about Nigel or Mr. Knight, right? <laughs> so he was your year twelve. Uh, sport and rec teacher yeah yes yeah but yeah. he was also like my year seven PE teacher mm-hmm. so I had him right the way through high school yeah. and so why would you say that you know his impact on you was one quite a substantial one was it that he supported you during your own swimming he encouraged you to get after it that maybe some other teachers or people at the time didn't do so much I think it was a little bit of that it was also that he made sport really fun mm. I guess I started high school not really wanting to play sport I kind of was intimidated by it yeah and you know he he made sport fun and there was a little trick where we'd all forget our sport uniform because we didn't want to participate in it and by the end of you know year seven I wasn't doing that anymore because mm. just the fact that he made it fun and then like if we flash forward to I guess year nine he was uh, like my year nine self-defense teacher and he kind of really introduced me to the fact that other sports are there and they might not be as popular within the school environment like I know our school kind of I guess they weren't really really sporty anyway but they kind of had their main sports and being able to see that there were different sports and different avenues and he mm. did support my swimming mm. through that time and then throughout year 11 and 12 during sport and rec it was not just my physical knowledge or ability to do the sport it was more so like you kind of could study sport like that's when I learned all the theories and a little bit about that and yeah the difference you can make not just as an athlete but in other roles Mm, yeah that's really insightful and one thing that you know stood out to me there was whether or not um Nige would be would be uh happy with his capacity to have taught you self-defense is that something that you feel like you're you're strong in uh, or that you've you know been able to excel <laughs> um look i don't think my coordination is <laughs> something that uh reflected in my self-defense but you wouldn't want to come across your you in the wrong way would you if you're on the street you would put someone someone in the spot right if you mean by crying then definitely <laughs> <laughs> so there you go nudge there's your self-defense we're gonna cry when something happens um all right no that's really insightful and so you know you touched a bit bit about this already but talking about your guests in particular some you do know some you don't know um how's that been for you you know talking to people that you don't know and getting their insights and being able to resonate and connect with them yeah it's been something really special and it's probably something that I didn't expect like when I started this podcast a year ago like remember when I wrote a dream list of guests Mm. and they were all kind of people I knew yeah and I didn't expect to be able to reach out to people that weren't in my immediate network or weren't in your network so it's been really good to be able to connect with them and I guess the one thing we all had in common is that sports changed our lives and we're you know we're huge lovers of it so 
yeah, like being able to interview strangers, I guess, through the world of sports has been amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's one thing that's really stood out for me is that, you know, you've initially started with, with some of the, you know, your immediate or closer friends and people that you've either swam with or that you knew personally. And particularly in the last six odd months or, or so on, you've, you've really reached out well beyond what would probably you'd say be your comfort zone and, and you know speak to different people all around the country and you know it's just been great to see that you're able to reach out and give both them an opportunity to tell their message and also you an opportunity to you know, have have some people on the podcast that you would otherwise not have necessarily known and form those connections i think that's really really really, really special yeah i think mm. that's i guess one of the things that the podcast has not so much taught me but it's shown me that like if you've got a message behind something that you're doing, people will jump on board even if they don't know you. Mm. And yeah, I think that's been uh, really eye-opening. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, just touching on something else a bit different, I guess. What's What would you say with regards to the podcast, what's been the biggest lesson that it's kind of taught you or that you've taken from it? Oh, that's a hard one. It's very big, isn't it? Now I feel mm. bad for all the guests that I asked that question. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really taught me that you're capable of much more than you think. Mm. Uh, you know, when I started this, I remember sitting down and talking to you and we were kind of like, okay, so where do you want it to go? And I was like, you, you know, if I can record 10 episodes and share it with the local community, I'll be kind of happy with that. Mm. And, you know, getting through those first, I guess, season of episodes, that was, you know, a steep, steep learning curve. Yeah. But even, you know, more so this year, like whilst working a fair bit before we were in a lockdown and, and running that podcast and making connections, like I didn't ever think that I had the capacity to do that and to be able to has been, you know, a really good lesson. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, you know, even if you sat, were to sit here um, a year ago and, and think about where the podcast would be and, and how far you would have taken it. And yeah, like you said, if you had have reached 10 people and, and shared the message and, and put it out there and you know got one person involved in sport it would have been a success but yeah it has been really good to, to see the journey and how well you've you know maintained motivation even when it's been tough and, and been able to uh, you know I guess just just keep pushing through keep putting content out keep getting guests on and sharing their message and showing that enthusiasm and yeah it's really it's really shown um, and been been an amazing thing to see so I didn't definitely not that I doubted you at all, but um, it's a really, really good lesson that, you know, if you just set those small goals, get through those times and week to week and yeah, things can grow and yeah, take it wherever you want, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's been, I guess, like some of the lessons that the guests have come with have been phenomenal. Like I know I mentioned before about like getting people on board that were strangers. Like I know Maria Alexidis, she said something that, you know, if your intentions are pure, then people are going to get around you. And I really mm. felt that happened with this podcast. Like complete strangers have said, yes, I want to get on board and they've shared it. And, you know, national sporting organizations are sharing my content and my message. Mm. And it's not just my content and my message, but it's the guest content and the guest's message. And yeah, it's the intentions are pure and people are getting behind it. Yeah. 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 Real, offering real value. So you know, and now just, I guess, taking away from that a little bit um, and just generally about the podcast and, and everything that you've uh, you've learned, what you've had to do. I mean, I remember initially you were doing your podcast and you were just running it through your laptop. Mm -hmm. Headphone, I don't even know if you're wearing headphones. No. <laughs> um, and so, 
regarding some of that equipment that you use, yep. tell me a little bit about that. So yeah, like you were right, at the start, I was just running it through my laptop, recording mm-hmm. it through Zoom, had no real idea what I was doing. Like mm-hmm. I just watched YouTube videos and figured out to do it and just mm-hmm. winged it. Since about, I don't know, a few episodes into season two, I've now got a microphone. So like if you go back like I did and listen to the earlier episodes, you'll hear the difference in sound quality. Mm. But yeah, so my microphone's a Samsung Q2U microphone. You know, it's a hundred and something dollars. Mm. Not a huge, huge investment, but it's made quite a difference. So would that be would that be something you'd recommend to anyone getting into the podcast business, trying to start out, trying to, uh, you know, have people listen to their podcast, get their message out there? Would you say that investing in, for example, a microphone is a really good move? And um, personally, did you see views like difference in the views or difference in the feedback since you've you know got gotten a bit better sound quality like how like i know it's about the message itself but how important do you feel like the quality and the clarity of the podcast is yeah so i listen to a lot of different podcasts and Mm. i guess if it's a message that i really 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 like Mm -hmm. then i'll put up with a little bit of dwindling sound quality interference Yeah. yeah but yeah in general i think it does help maybe retain listeners and i have seen through the statistics that yeah the listenership has increased so Mm. i don't know if that's my my personal qualities has gotten better like i've gotten better at interviewing or if it's the fact that the microphone's better (laughs) i'm sure it's multiple a magnitude of factors that you probably could never quantify probably all compound and and really add up but yeah that's um it's really interesting to hear your perspective on just the quality and how much that different makes a difference because like you said, you can probably put one podcast out there if it's got a really good message and the sound quality is not so bad. But if you kept putting out poor quality sound wise, mm. regardless of your message, people might just not want to hear it. So um, that's really good to know. And so just, yeah, just extending on that a little bit regarding the role you play in the podcast. And so you, you are the host, of mm-hmm. course, um, you know, you've got to be actively listening and responding to people's um, answers and engaging with them and showing that engagement and that intent and that those listening skills and even those non-verbal verbal cues right like you know you've got to be sh- looking at the screen and showing them that you're actually taking an interest and even if you're not necessarily so stoked in the at, at the time <laughs> i mean i've seen some uh some pretty happy faces going on <laughs> um no but so would you say that you would take on multiple roles beyond just merely the host asking questions within the podcast? Yeah, so I basically do everything. Mm. So I, in the podcasting world, it's the producer. Mm. So that's like the person who kind of researches and finds the guests and lines things up and, I don't know, does the the behind-the-scenes work in terms of like getting the podcast going and like setting it up. That's what the producer does. I'm the host, yes. That's, you know, the voice that you hear. Um, I guess I... I'm a bit of a marketer, like I do all the social media stuff myself. Yeah, all of that. How much, how important do you think that is, the social media? Oh, well, I think <laughs> in the age of 2021, mm. it is like, it's just the new way of marketing, to be honest. Like, mm. yeah, a lot of, I don't know if the listens exactly. Whether there's a correlation between the listens and the, and the, the engagement through the social, social media. media. Yeah, mm. but, but it's you... definitely helped get guests on board and and it's word of mouth right yes. like it's it's exposure it's awareness and that can only help build the brand mm-hmm. in and of itself yeah mm-hmm. yeah 
But yeah, like I find, <laughs> so if you want to laugh, I've been experimenting with reels. Yeah. <laughs> Much to your pleasure than you hear me <laughs> repeat the same seven seconds of audio 20 mm. times. But I don't know. Like It's a really interesting concept, that one. And I think that, you know, the reels themselves are really what's kind of taken off generally. Yeah. And, you know, people get famous just being stupid on reels. Mm. And so, <laughs> you know, you could probably almost grow a business single-handedly from making a fool of yourself on reels because that's what people want to see <laughs> and um it's uh it's annoying to to um to listen to it you know, a thousand times on repeat but yeah, i know that it's a, it's a really vital part of the marketing strategy and getting engagement <laughs> in, the, in the podcast so i support it i enjoy it and uh i'll put up with it right thank you um so i guess you know moving away from that a little bit more talking about you yourself and some of the skills some of the again, the lessons, but also just you as a person, your ability to interact, to engage, to listen and recall and respond, you know, how do you feel like the podcast has changed you as a person? Yeah. So I think it's definitely grown my confidence. Like Mm. you've known me for years, but yeah, I'm very much of an introvert Mm. and I'm not always comfortable in speaking to people that I don't know or like speaking to people for the first time, like it's it's terrifying and I get probably a lot of social anxiety from that. But the podcast has kind of pushed me outside of my comfort zone and forced me to be comfortable in the uncomfortable. Mm. And yeah, definitely helped grow my confidence. And I think, I know, <laughs> I think I know, uh, my mum was saying that, that I'm becoming more articulate, which is Great. Being able to communicate your message is super important and confidence is a big part of that. Yeah. And you, I mean, just from the outset, you'd probably say something along the lines of, you know, the more you do something, the more natural it becomes and Mm -hmm. the more normal it becomes. Right. And so, you know, if you were to go back and listen to your first podcast compared to what you do now, it'd be very interesting to kind of contrast just, just the subtleties of how you're responding and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I feel like you've definitely become a lot more natural, but that's just one of those things, isn't it? Whereby the more you do something, mm-hmm. the more it becomes second nature. Mm-hmm. And then you can extend that into to different aspects. And I've definitely found myself that, you know, just exposing yourself to those experiences and putting your hand up and it comes a time where you just don't really second guess yourself anymore. Um, and the more you do things and put yourself out of your kind of comfort zone, then it's like, well, okay, just keep doing it. And, and it's not so bad. So yeah, I, f- I feel like, you know, it's a really big thing. And even in opportunities that come up now, whether it's having a big guest on your podcast, yeah, you just like get excited about that as opposed to like super nervous and anxious. Right? Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely been, been awesome to see that. Develop, I guess. Yeah. Just the, just that change in confidence and, and willingness to, to kind of push that, com- com- that comfort zone. Yeah. So. And do you remember like six months ago or even, yeah, eight months ago, like I was, Wanting to vomit because I was so mm. nervous about recording a podcast. With me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's. I think that's a really good lesson is that, you know, no matter how daunting something might seem initially, mm. um, just know that the more you do it and the longer you do it, the more second nature it becomes and the more comfortable you are doing that. So yeah. I feel like that's definitely something that you've been able to experience and be able to show really and- well. I guess like at the end of the day, like each one of my guests are just a human Mm. and that's been 
I guess, important that, you know, it's been kind of been cemented in my brain, like their lessons, whether they're an Olympic gold medalist mm. or they're a local footy player, mm. they're all just as valuable. And I guess, and you know, it's really cemented why I started the podcast is because everyone can benefit from sport at every yeah. level. And yeah, like, so when I do get the big guests on, uh, Olympians or, you know, world champions, then I kind of just go, you know what, they're just a person. They've yeah. done amazing things. Of course, yeah. But they're they're a human being just like I am. Yeah, yep. It's probably an interesting thing that you you know, people don't often think about as well, is that even your guests or most likely your guests are probably gonna be even more nervous than you are. Mm. But just they wouldn't want to show it. And so yeah, having that in the back of your mind probably helps you to get through things as well and obviously but then there is also that pressure that you want to show that you know you're confident in what you're doing and and you're being professional in your approach and competent in in your interviewing skills you know if you if you were jumping on the podcast and you were nervous and trembling and then you're interviewing your guest it's like it's not going to really portray that message so there is that that pressure for you to kind of portray someone even if you don't feel so much confident in the situation to kind of put that on and be able to display a level of confidence which is probably a skill in in and of itself yeah and but like not so much that it comes across as arrogance because i want them to Mm. feel comfortable so like i don't mind showing my vulnerability Mm. there's been times where i'm like oh like i've had a bit of a a shocking day you know press conference came out and the lockdown's been extended or something's Mm. happened and i like straight up tell them because that puts me as a human and helps them feel more comfortable as well Mm. yeah definitely i mean you know touching on that as well just generally with some of those lessons and and the people you've had on has there been anything that's really surprised you along the way and whether that's in yourself whether that's in people's stories you know Mm. anything that's really jumped out and been of of a surprise i think like how open and vulnerable people can be Mm. there's been a few stories that I didn't expect people to share. Not mm-hmm. that they shouldn't have shared it, but like I didn't like they've been they've opened up so much with myself and the listeners and I feel so privileged to be able to tell. Like mm, so that it's it's almost been a shock that they've been willing to share that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they'd maybe open up and it'd be something that I hadn't have known that was gonna be brought up and mm. uh, the fact that they felt comfortable enough you know in the recording space to to mention it like that's really pleasantly surprised me yeah there's definitely been a few episodes where I've gone wow like what an important message and I'm so grateful that someone's opened up and shared that yeah yeah and then even personally would you say you know um surprising in just how well you've kind of done with it and that you're still sitting here a year later and not only is it still something you're passionate about and doing and something that's just growing by the day and by the by the week and every month what would you say has probably been the most rewarding thing that the podcast has brought to you Mm. the most rewarding thing is that i'm able to help and inspire people through Mm. sharing the journeys of each one of the amazing guests and being able to connect with the listeners like that's now started to happen in the last few months and and interact with them and hearing how an episode has helped inspire them or hear how it's made them feel, you know, seen or heard in what they're, they've been going through. I think 
something like that. Like anytime we can make someone else feel comfortable or feel heard and seen and, you know, that they're not going about anything by themselves, I think that is super rewarding and it just makes me super happy to be able to, you know, be a part of that. Yeah, definitely. So seeing seeing the impact. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting that you say just just the reach and the impact on other people. And I think that, you know, you've really approached how you've gone about getting guests and the variety of guests, even from, you know, very, very entry level or grassroots to even just people who enjoy being active and exercising and talking about those benefits. And then the people who are, yeah, at that Olympic level and even in medical contention. So you've gone from, you know, the very, the very broad, massive uh-huh. spectrum of what sport and exercise can do for people. And so you talk about it's rewarding having that impact on people, but I feel like, you know, you and your approach to the podcast is really allowing people to gain that, those lessons from the whole spectrum of, of what physical activity can be and what it can offer. So, yeah. I think you, you know, you're going about it really well. Oh, thank um, you. So, it just you know, on that point now, what's what would you say has been the most difficult, the most challenging, the most burdensome, and uh, <laughs> the 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 shittest part of the podcast generally? What what is what have you hated? What's been hard? I don't particularly like editing. Right. It's uh, it's been a steep learning curve, and it's probably the most time consuming part other than the social media but I actually really enjoy that creative aspect Mm. of the social media but yeah the the editing is usually the hardest bit of every episode Mm. so maybe maybe you know in a year or two years once you make some income a bit of profits through that through the podcast that'll be something you'll outsource to someone else to do that that (laughs) yeah if anyone's good at audio editing hit me up because uh it's not it's not my passion in that bit (laughs) you know 20 20 bucks an episode (laughs) (laughs) how long does it take you normally edit an episode what an hour two hours a day yeah four bottles of wine (laughs) (laughs) no so for like a a general 30 to 40 minute episode it'd probably take me three-ish hours but I can't ever do that in one sitting. Yeah. Because I just just don't like it. Mind so. lose control. Yeah. And and I guess a lot of that would also depend on the the guests themselves, right? Yes. How many ums? How many ahs? You're probably gonna have to sit there for. Shh, about, don't tell my trade secrets. You're probably gonna have to sit there for about four or five hours just to edit, even what I've been saying to you, <laughs> the pauses and the brain fades and the ums and ahs. So yeah, but do you find that that's something that varies a lot between? Whether it's, you know, your responses or how you're feeling on the day or even the guest responses and not necessarily that it's a bad way in which they're communicating, but it's just how you like to portray the flow of responses and that's something you need to focus more on with particular guests and not so much with others. Mm. Or it's pretty consistent, you know? No, I think it's pretty consistent. I think each guest has something that they want to say. It's probably usually me who steers it off topic. (laughs) Yeah. And then I just have to edit that bit out or, Mm. yeah, it's... Have you, have you ever, um, you know, talking about surprises and shocks, have you ever kind of been sitting there in the podcast and, and I guess has said something that you ne- didn't necessarily expect in the sense that you didn't even agree maybe with what they were saying or you thought it was a bit controversial? Has that ever come up or uh, I wouldn't generally... say like controversial. Like I think everyone is allowed their own opinions and yeah, their own views. And it's a safe place. Yeah, yeah. They see it from their perspective and that's why I asked that last question is where do you see the future of sport because mm. I want 
where they see it. And I think that if you can pick a little bit out of everyone's answer, Mm. then the future of sport will be a better place. In terms of like things that people have said that have shocked me, there's certainly been things like that. And it's probably been when they've opened up and been really vulnerable and I kind of didn't expect it. And it wasn't something that, you know, I knew was coming. And uh, I guess like, being able to respond to that in the moment with the correct information and not put the pressure on stuffing up a response mm. in terms of like what's the legal and ethical way of saying like that kind of side of things. Yeah, so yeah, encouraging them to speak about it more com- in a comfortable manner as opposed to being um, kind of taken back and showing that you're shocked that they've said that and then that maybe making them feel uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, and it's not that they shouldn't have said it. Like it's more of a like a privilege Mm. that they've opened up to Mm. me. Like I think, yeah, there's been some amazing episodes come out of, out of those scenarios and um, messages that I think they're the powerful messages really that people will resonate is the ones that, that come really deep, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's, um, it's something you almost want to encourage. I mean, it's great to have that general, message overall and that message doesn't have to be portrayed in one from one worldview or the other yeah people come from different backgrounds and experiences and um, perspectives and it's good to hear that and you know it's um it opens the discussion about how you can go about encouraging sports participation in different ways yeah so it's i think it's a benefit more than anything yeah yeah i really yeah it's more of a privilege like Mm. i'm privileged to be able to share such a a unique perspective perspective Yeah. yeah yeah so Again, touching on uniqueness, what do you feel like is unique about your podcast in particular that you know you or anyone else can't really get in another podcast? What, what do you bring that other people don't? I'm going to ask you as a listener, what okay. does this podcast bring? Right, what do you bring? Okay. So from the outset, I think that you bring, and this is not a biased opinion. I, I, this, I is not from, think, this is not uh, from my fiance. <laughs> I think this. So um, I think it's quite evident listening to your episodes and listening to how you go about approaching and responding and engaging with the guests that you come from in a, a place which is very much um, you know a genuine a genuine um, care and mm. and want to to have their message told and to spread that message and I think that's probably in my eyes that's probably the most unique thing is that you know you're doing this off your own back and you're not getting paid for it you're you're actually putting time and money into it and yeah it it builds you and your brand and where you can take that in the future might open opportunities for you for sure but it definitely is something that you're very passionate and genuine about and I think that's probably um not saying that other people aren't genuine but Mm. it's definitely something that is is obvious when you listen to to you speaking about it just that passion and how much you care so I think that's something that's not so unique because I think, you know, other people are very genuine as well, but um, it's unique because it's quite obvious when you listen. Yeah. That that's the that's the place you come from and that it's, um, you know, it, it's something that you're passionate about. You want to share people's messages, encourage sports participation, and, you know, really there's not a lot in it for you apart from that satisfaction that you get. So that's, I think that's pretty unique. You. You're not just lovely. you're not just trying to make money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe you will um sponsors though. Yeah. <laughs> we are open. <laughs> like if we could cover costs, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, so that that's actually a good thing to talk about as well. You know, how do people make money from podcasts? Do they? Is it possible? 
or is it like a complimentary thing that they add on to businesses or do you think people can make money in a career in a podcast itself if they get sponsors if they get the right engagement I don't know if I'm the right person to answer that as I am currently not making money from this podcast. But I think mm. the like the research that I've done, and I by no means am I an expert at podcasting. Like I've yeah. only been doing it for a year, but yeah, like you can get sponsors on board. You can actually probably generate if you have a business, you can generate business from your podcast. For example, mm. like if you're because I've been listening to wedding planning podcasts mm. if you're like a wedding planner and you have a wedding planning podcast and it's like 15 minutes each week mm. then you'll potentially get listeners on board as clients that's like a good way yeah and i guess you know not to butt in there but it's probably um for you personally without maybe a large social media presence and, and what i mean by that is like a general awareness because you know people come from I'm not people, an influencer. People are influencers or they're famous or people know a little bit about them before sometimes they get into podcasts. Yeah. And so that's probably a very, not easy way, but it's probably a way in which they get a lot of their viewers just come across because they're, they're well known and they'll start the podcast. And so for you personally to start from that ground level whereby the podcast is where you're starting out yeah. and when, how you're getting known, that's, yeah, that's probably something that's quite unique in and of itself as well. Yeah. Like I'm not a... I'm not a well-known sports journalist or sports commentator. I'm mm. not on the TV. I'm not on the radio. I am not an ex-athlete because mm. there's a fair few. Especially, I'm talking in the sports podcast medium. Yeah, a lot of them are in those scenarios. And I guess like in terms of like the charts in the sports, like a lot of them are male. Mm. And... Like, I think that's, I guess, what makes me unique is the fact that I am a 20-something female doing a sports podcast. Like, yeah. not that I... There's plenty of female sports podcasters, but being... I guess they're a minority it's not, in the it's field. Not, it's not the stereotypical. No. It's not the average. It's no. not probably the norm. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, there's heaps yep. of, you know, boy podcasters, male podcasters, mm. it's especially in the, in the world of sports if that makes sense. Like, yeah. not so much... You know, there's heaps of female podcasters and weddings, if that makes sense. Mm. So, yeah, I guess that's what makes this unique is it's a young female's perspective and it's not just, oh, how'd you go at this event or how did you do this? It's more so, like, what have you learnt from it? Like, mm. how did sport benefit you? How can you... What would you teach someone? How has it given back with to the community? And I think that's the real feel that I want to make is that it's a community impact yeah, and again, that's probably another unique thing that you bring that other pod or sporting podcasts generally might not. You know, if it's, um, it, like you said, if it's a heavily male, I wouldn't say industry, but area or... Um, Dominated field. Field, yeah. They might approach it from a sense of, you know, what are the achievements you've had, what's the lessons you've learned kind of thing a bit more. Whereas if you're able to connect a bit more on that, the underlying perspectives of the emotional side and the impact and the lessons uh, I think that's very unique um, and something that you offer probably that other people don't the fluffy side not the fluffy side I actually think it's probably the deeper side to be honest it's a little you know yeah. it's super it's not superficial to talk about the results and the achievements but yeah. going a bit more beyond that that surface level and talking about the you know the hard times the, yeah. the mental health impacts the growth what the sport bring to that person in as an individual and what lessons they have to share I wouldn't 
yeah, there's some fluffy side, I think, but I think that's, you know, I think that's a deep side. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I think that's the important side and the side that I want to share, like, especially with community sport and, you know, recreation being, I guess, shut down first Mm. in terms of all the lockdowns. Like I'm not commenting much on that area, but like, I want to show that it is so important as soon as we're able to, that Mm. to, you know, to get back into it, don't, you know, discard your netball team because it's just at a community level because you're going to get the same benefits as, you know, one of the Melbourne Vixens girls. So Mm. yeah, I think that's, I guess the overall side to it is that it doesn't matter what level you're at, those, that deep part, you know, that deep stuff can be the same for everyone. Yeah. And, and now, now more than ever, right? Like being locked down for the last however many months over a year of, of, um, accumulation, you know, accumulated lockdown time. Right. I think that now more than ever, it's probably a very important thing to be relaying particularly for, uh, I mean, generally around the world, but you know, in Melbourne in particular, have been locked down and Sydney now has been locked down for a substantial amount of time. And I think that people can get quite down in those mm-hmm. instances and, um, and maybe think, well, what's the point of going out and exercising, right? Like I'm only allowed out for an hour. I've got to wear a mask. It's, people are going to, if I, if I take my mask off and run and then walk and then run again, people will think I'm just not wearing it and breaking the law. Like it's, people are very Judgy. hesitant yeah. and, uh, everyone's a bit on edge, right? So it's, yeah, now more than ever, more than ever to be promoting that message of getting out there and, you know, I think just exercise and physical activity is one of the most important things you can do for your health. Also, your immune system. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, I think um, it's definitely an important message. And on that on that note, would you say that's probably one of the things that you are most proud of? Being able to touch on those deeper, deeper things? Yeah, I think it is. And also, I guess, to show that not only is it not about the level. Not about the the achievement and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, it's not just about the achievements and, and the what fame. level and, yeah, what... The notoriety and recognition yeah or yeah the athlete itself like Mm. it's more so about developing as an individual and developing the community so like there's been some amazing guests on the podcast who you know take janice crosswhite for example who have you know done amazing things as a sport administrator Mm. and i think you know even i guess nige like he's done amazing things in karate he's you know a pe teacher but like that his work as a PE teacher is just as important as someone's work as an athlete. And like just being involved in the whole community of sport is so beneficial because say you're injured and you can't physically participate in the sport. If you're, you know, doing some admin or something, you're still involved in that social community and you're going to get some benefit from that. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent agree. All right, Faye, going to put you on the spot now this time in a year, this time in five years, where do you see the podcast? Oh, Oh goodness. Um, I think like it would be great if I could turn this into a job, to be honest. Like Mm. I've really, really enjoyed, and I even, you know, said that editing I didn't like, but like I've really enjoyed being able to do every part of it and like the growth that it's given me, like it would be amazing to see, not a takeoff, but to see it continue and, you know, to help spread the awareness and I don't know like 
if <laughs> I think actually you commented on it a few times, like I kept roping guests into doing community programs. Right. So like it would be cool if I could like help facilitate community programs with the podcast or like mm. not even just the podcast, but just like have an off branch of community incentives through sport. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, why I not? keep bullying the guests into it, so maybe yeah. I should do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think you had about a, a streak, a two or three run streak of, um, I think it started, was it Levi it started with or, or someone else before him? Yeah, of, I think it was um, Levi, yeah. I think the statement was, have you ever done anything to help the community in regards to your sports? And the common answer may well have been, not necessarily, but it's something I want to. And then your response was, um... Did you just put your hand up for that? <laughs> and then it was, and then they said, no. And then you said, um, well, I'm expecting in a few months time, I'll be very disappointed if you don't. I don't right? think it was that it was, intense. It was coercion. It was threatening. But it, you, someone's got to do it. For so, the benefit of the yeah. community. Yeah, it's public health. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> so one thing that maybe other people are are quite interested in, you know, we talk a lot about you talk a lot about other people's lessons from their sports and other people's advice and, mm-hmm. and what they've kind of taken away. And, you know, I remember back when I was on, I was on my sport a year ago now, coming mm. up like eight months, 10 months. One of my things that I feel quite passionately about is just regardless of your level is, um, you know, that the fact that being active and, and showing, even just having that motion of your body um, and just the the follow-on effects that has for the rest of your day. So your emotions follow your emotions, right? So mm-hmm. you set the scene and then you set up your day in a, in a way like that. And um, what would you say has been the most valuable lesson beyond resilience and determination that you just can bring to your daily life that you've learned, whether it's through the podcast, whether it's through your swimming, even just generally in life? What's been the biggest lesson and the biggest motivator for you that you can share with people if they're having a hard time, if they're not feeling it, 100% their best. Mm. What, what can you share with people? You, are, think, you ask everyone else. Yeah. I, want to hear, I want to hear your perspective. <laughs> yeah, but I let them prep for the answers. I think, I guess, the biggest thing is to be gentle on yourself mm. in terms of, yes, have your goals. Yes, have, you know, what you're working towards and work extremely hard towards it. But also, like listening to your body or listening to your mind when it says it needs a break. Yeah. And that took me, I guess, years to learn as a swimmer. Like we went through year 12 together. Mm. You saw me crying under tables because I was Mm. tired and I probably should have cut back down on a few things before I got to that point. And I guess I've probably learned that now is, you know, listen to your mind, listen to your body and you're going to actually do a little bit better in Mm. the end if you, you know, take those steps to, to listen. Yeah. I think we could all generally go with a bit more self care and prioritizing our own selves a little it's bit, very fluffy, a little isn't bit it? more. No, it's not. I think it's, you know, I, I think that now more than ever probably. And, and it, you may think it's fluffy yourself. I think it's generally something that people don't do enough and taking that time to even just reflect on where we're at mm. and where we're going and, would you say maybe just celebrating the little wins along the way rather than losing perspective of how far we've come? Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, take that time and and set those mini goals, like you said, like the mini wins and go, okay, like, oh, wow, like I did so much towards working towards that bigger goal. And Mm. you might not hit the bigger goal in the time frame that you want, Mm. but, you know, you just go, okay, but look how far I have come. Yeah. And I guess this podcast is a good example. Like we're sitting here a year later and 
honestly, like I didn't think that we would be here a year later. Mm. I didn't think that I'd be able to keep it going while I was back working mm. full time. I didn't think that, you know, I'd get the caliber of guests at an elite level or a grassroots level that have been willing to come on and yeah, just being able to celebrate those little wins and reflect on it. And I guess that's what this episode is about. So, you know, next year we sit back and listen to it, but mm. yeah, see how far you've come and go, wow, like didn't think this could happen, but it has. Yeah. No, I think that's a really good lesson. And it's, um, it's definitely something that I think you reflect very well in what you've done with the podcast. And you started from scratch. You found it all out yourself. You never asked questions. Mm. You never really you had the bit of guidance. So mm. you set up maybe a meeting or two just to give you some perspective on what you should expect. But um, that's probably a lesson. You know, there's nothing wrong with seeking help, but it's also a good lesson in if you want it that bad, then you then and you'll, do you'll it. and you'll chase that information and you'll make it happen. And you've really been an exemplar of that. And yeah, I had no doubts that you could take it a long way, but to be sitting here, you know, 12 months later with you almost up to 5,000 people listen to your episodes, mm. I think it's, and the stories of guests, I think it's really special and yeah, you've really, you have that lesson for people, but it's, and it's something that you've displayed yourself. So I think that's, you know, that's even better. Thank you. Well, thanks Fee. It's been a pleasure to um, put you under the pump for the first time or not the first time, but, but to, as something as a bit of a change and um yeah i appreciate you know taking the time to to share your side of the story and reflect a little bit on what you've done and what you've accomplished and i feel like everyone will agree with me that you should really be very proud of what you've achieved very proud of where you've taken it and yeah you know i'm proud of you (laughs) and i'm excited to see where it goes from here Thank you. Thank you for, you know, recording this episode with me and putting me in the hot seat and and quizzing me with some questions that I didn't know that was coming. So, (laughs) Mm. No, I think people will be really appreciated to hear your perspective and and your insights into it all. So, yeah. I just wanted to finish this episode and say thank you so much to every single one of my guests. Thank you Mm. so much to all the people that listen weekly, all the ones that, you know, tune in when a certain sport comes up, but, you mm. know, sending me a message, the people who've, you know, done a beautiful review or, mm. you know, text me and go, oh, I listened to this podcast that really made my day. Like I, yeah. each one of those things make me so happy and you see it. Yeah. And yeah, I just like to say thank you to everyone listening right now. All right. Well, yeah, we'll wrap it up there. And my last question I think is, I'm not sure when you're running the competition, but I have put in for for the mug. Um, <laughs> I would like my own personalized 2021 edition. So yeah, you know, if you do if you do um, draw draw them out of the hat, just make sure that it's your name. Pick my name out. <laughs> <laughs> There's already two in our cupboard, but okay. <laughs> All right, thanks, Pete. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart. This is a completely independent podcast that has been created to share the journey and lessons of top-level sporting professionals, but also your everyday lover of sport. If you liked this podcast, I'd really appreciate if you could leave a review and share it with someone who you think would also enjoy it. Until next time.